This is Jello Chow Chow, the all Jello show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. And ciao, ciao, everyone, and welcome to this 50th episode, Spectacular! Who would have thought? The big five, though. Who would have thought? All those I'd end up with you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm still wearing my, go- still wearing my, wearing my golf shirt from work. Although I don't play golf when I work, but it was a golf shirt I wore to work. Because you're a caddy? Because for some strange reason, it was 70 degrees on Sunday in Philadelphia in the middle of December. So, there's that. Were you, were you at Raw last night? No. Why? Were you there to see Roman Reigns win the heavyweight championship? It wouldn't be an appropriate 50th episode without an opening remark about... WWE Raw, or I prefer WWF, but the World Wildlife Federation didn't like that. So, yeah, no, they, sure they get mad when you wrestle pandas. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> so, for those of you who are joining us live, if you would like to join our little smorgasbord of conversation, um, do it in the Q and A thingy. I have no idea how to work it. I've never done it, but I know how to read the stuff when you put it on there. Another another so, thing that I don't have access to. <laughs> I can't click the Q&A. I can't click lower third. I can't put a fucking birthday hat on my head. I can't make clapping noises. I can't do anything. I can just sit here. Okay. I have I have something to do, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. In, in case in case you don't know what's happening right now, um we're having computer problems. No, just me. And well, I posted a link that didn't post apparently, which was strange. And I think that was user error. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> um apparently uh Chris is having a hard time with um Google Hangouts and it wouldn't be the 50th episode if you weren't. Right. Yeah, suffice it to say, if anybody out there is a Google Hangouts expert, I have an, a Mac, and uh, I do not have, have access to the 
apps that normally get uh, included on a Hangouts thing, which includes... What browser are you using? Let's just Chrome. cut to the chase. I, I wouldn't use Chrome. I know it's Google's thing, but I'm using Safari, and it Why works. That's a good point. I never even thought of that. Netscape or AOL. (laughs) (laughs) I could try Safari. What the hell? Did you did you do something to put yourself on a list? Like, are you on probation? Is that why you can't have access? It used to work. No, it used to work. I remember. Don't you guys remember when I had that little Jallo score thing at the bottom? I remember. Yeah. And you got yourself in trouble. You were doing something you shouldn't have been doing. They could, caught it, you. It could they be. took away your toys. It could be. All right, I'm gonna go. It was on that taint podcast you do, huh? It oh, was. Yeah. The, it was the pegging yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to do a live, live pegging podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's, "Welcome to pegging, ow ow." I'm All right, just just because you've 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 um, piqued my curiosity. Is that the right word? Is that the verb you're supposed to use? Peaked. Yeah. 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 With the, yes. Piked. Um, Since I pegged your curiosity, <laughs> I'm gonna go in. Safari, just give me a second here. This this is just riveting for our audio listeners right yeah. now. Well, we're waiting for people to so, show up. No one's no one's there. No one's. Well, uh, yeah, we got people there. Yeah, they're all wearing party hats. Hello, viewers. Um, so for uh, those of you who. Oh, well, he's gone, so it doesn't fucking matter anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but yeah, um, we have um, a little bit of feedback. Would you like to hear some feedback? Isn't that going to hurt your ears when you play feedback really loud? Like a rock concert? I don't want to hear that. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Oh, uh, oh, on the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Show feedback. Okay. Yes. yes. So um, here on the show feedback, um, we got an uh, email from Franco that says, Ciao, everybody. I would just like to tell you that I'm an avid fan of your show and always look forward to listening to each episode whenever I can. If possible, I would recommend... Tulpa, since it's one of the most contemporary releases, which also adheres to many familiar tropes inherent with the genre. Ciao. Now, I remember some people talking about that movie, but I have not seen it. Tulpa. Tulpa. It kind of sounds Spanish almost. It sounds like Topo. Yeah. And there he is. He's back. Here, I'm, I'm here, and I still don't have shit. Can you believe it? Hey, have um, you seen that funny. movie, Tulpa? No. All right, cool. Well, that was good. That's something <laughs> for the list, then. Is that um, good that I wasn't even around because you guys were talking about something? And Isn't that funny? Yeah, like we I were using a completely doing, different browser. We're doing browser feedback now. right now. We're doing oh, feedback. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then I have this lovely little message from Matthew Gregory Quayle. I'm loving Jallo Chow Chow so much. 
A significant part of that enjoyment is due in no small part to your, meaning me, everyone, entertaining and astute observations. Bonus points for the fantastic fashion assessments. Whoa! Someone's got a secret admirer. I guess he's not really a secret. Well... I don't right know there. if he knew I was going to read that on the show, but god damn it. He's blushing. Let's give credit where credit's due. All right. Let's, right yes, let's do that. We <laughs> don't praise you enough. You need to go, you need to turn to the, the peasants. <sighs> just that kidding, was everyone. Just You're made me feel good deep down inside. No, that's good. As it should. Yeah. yeah. So listen, you guys, since I have tried to do something to commemorate this 50th episode with decorations, which I couldn't find, and digital stuff, which I can't get to work, the only thing I have left to do is I have this awesome beverage that I'm going to share with you guys uh, for the holiday. It's the St. Bernardus Christmas Ale, and I'm going to pour it in commemoration of our 50th episode into this lovely... Glass and you gotta take the cork uh, out. I did already. <laughs> giving sound effects to our audio crowd. That looks great. This was actually purchased last Christmas and I never drank it, which means it's aged for about a year. So, um, hats off to our Belgian friends yeah. who make the greatest beer on the planet. You know, ABV on that bad boy, a lot. That's what it says at the bottom. Oh. A lot percent. No, it's ten percent. There you go. So here we are. Cheers, everybody. And I'll, let me move my mic Cheers. out of the way so it doesn't get dipped in the beer. Yeah. Mm, this is good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was the English overdubs no. for my drinking. Yeah. Oh, that's that that's really tasty. That sounded just like Edwidge. <laughs> <laughs> So, if, drink it if you got it, folks. Everyone get out your J&B and pour yourself a tall glass. Or Miller High Life. <laughs> so we do it. But there is one question that has to be asked before we go any further. Are you, will you is love me, Eric, will you love me forever? Is Eric going to the Slammies? <laughs> I won't be attending the Slammies in person, but I am looking forward to the announcement that WrestleMania is coming to Minneapolis. Is it? 17. That's the rumor around these parts. Everyone's talking about it. And I expect well, both of you to be up here for it. I will definitely be up there if I have a good seat. Alright. Well! In the state of the art US Bank Coliseum. Is that where those crappy Vikings play? Anyway, what are we doing here? A jello? <laughs> I can't hear anything anymore. Yeah, Packer fan Hello? in California. Can't hear what me? What was that? I couldn't hear you. I think the NFL, like, turned off your mic. <laughs> well, they turned off a lot of things. All right. And what, the most interesting thing that's happening defense. the most interesting thing happening in the NFL is that four-way tire for first and last place in the NFC East. That's always fun. 
<laughs> Who doesn't want to go to the playoffs? That's what they're fighting for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And who doesn't want to give Chris a cup of coffee for free in the morning on Monday? Aww. I know. Well, they won on Sunday, so I did get my coffee, so that was nice. Yay. Your fifth coffee of the year? Out of 15 yeah, years or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they definitely <laughs> made money on that deal at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, to start things off with a tingle... Do you guys want to jump into our top ten of our top ten, last ten, ten? Yeah. yeah. People like it. lists. People like <laughs> lists. <laughs> they sure that do. true. Okay, well, I, I did the math, and I did it on my phone so I could actually read it and not get confused because that's what normally happens. <clears throat> but this is a very strange list. Oh the last ten of our ten. Um, I called it. Time. Yeah. But I figured that it coming in at number ten would be bizarre. All of us put that in last place. Not because okay. we didn't love it. Exactly. We just didn't love it nine times more than the rest of them. Oh yeah. Yes. There wasn't um, enough vagina in it. There wasn't, was there? No. There's hardly any. I don't like Coke getting sticky in your crevices. Yeah. Because that just makes me scream yeast infection. So <laughs> if, if, we're doing movie, the top 10, if we're doing a top ten of the hottest girls that were in the movies that we watched for the last top ten, it wouldn't be number ten. It'd probably be number two. Really? Yeah, like with Edwidge up front. Well, we have two. Oh, wait, no, we don't have two Edwidge films, do we? Eric would put um, the Pajama Girl case up there. Yes. No, no in the last ten. <laughs> oh, in the last ten. The last yeah, I ten. We were just about hot chicks. Okay. I put, the, I put the girl that laid an egg, number one. Mm. For the last ten? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, not ugly. Okay. Um, for any of you viewers, if you want to tell us who you think is ugly or not, go ahead and throw it on the thingy there. Yeah, um, number nine, shallow. we have... Excuse me again. Jeez. Chris is going to be drunk by the time I get to number four. <laughs> um, we have... This was also unanimous. Uh, seven deaths in the cat's eye. Bummer. I thought that was strange. I, I thought that we were all going to like that more. But then I realized that I didn't even really like that more. So, yeah. well, you know, if you things. go back to that episode, I think we, as we talked through it, we found that there were some definite um, things that we all liked about it. Um, but I think yeah. when you think back to all the films that we watched this last ten, it's kind of hard to it's put it much memorable. higher. Yeah. yeah like I almost put Bizarre ahead of it because I could at least remember more from that movie than this one. Right. Yeah, if we're going by memorable aspects, Bizarre should be up higher because Seven Deaths on the Cat's Eye, <laughs> for as as different as it still was because it had like the castle aspect and everything, um, as I was constructing the list, it just kept falling down and I couldn't explain why, but right. it just, nothing really stuck out to me on it and it just... Um, 
Yeah, and I think having done it so so long ago now, you know, the having something more fresh in your mind maybe has more of a subjective weight to it, which is kind of unfair, but that's just what happened. Was that the first one on this last ten? I think it might have been the second or third. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of sticking out, the number eight movie is Death Laid an Egg. No real surprise there. I'm actually surprised that um, we have a list that has that movie not at the bottom. I think we're the only people <laughs> in the world who were able to put that together. I, I don't um, mind that film. I don't think it's a terrible film. I mean, certainly... Um, it's it's weird. It's odd. I think it's, it's, it's so odd that it, it becomes a, a film that people talk about when you talk about the genre because it stands out so much. Um, and, and that's why everybody talks about Death Laid an Egg and they a lot of people refer to it when they talk about Giallo and a lot of people think that that's because it's such a great film, but it isn't. It's just really strange, weird, and it stands out a lot. So... It's it's made a, a name for itself by being strange, I guess. It's more bizarre than bizarre. I think. <laughs> yeah. That is profumo of you to say, sir. Oh. Uh, um, number seven. Profumo. Case of the Scorpion's Tail. Okay. Ooh. Uh, number six. We have. What have you done to our daughters? Ooh, really? Yeah, the funny thing about that is you put that up really high. That was high for me. Yeah, you had that at, like, number two. We, we got to... Okay, so the first four were almost right on for me. I had Death Laid an Egg higher than Scorpion's Tail. That was the only difference, but they were basically swapped. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What have they done to your daughters? I thought people only put that, like, a notch below Solange, which is usually very highly acclaimed. Well, it's interesting because so far my bottom... Six is exactly the same as the bottom six that Creep just yeah. read off so far. So, so. mine. Interesting. Oh, so I, we basically just established my vote has no say or matter. No, no, no. Actually, I had um, Scorpion and Daughter flipped. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I had Daughters at six and Scorpion at seven. Is that what we, is that what we said? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then number... Now, the... Next five is weird too, but we have pieces at number five. Okay. Now I put that at number. What did I put it at? I put it at number three, and I would have put it higher because that's just one of my favorite movies, but I wanted more Jally up at my top. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I had the same exact problem. I really like pieces, and I felt bad putting it as far down as uh, four for me Um, but I felt like since it's not really a giallo I didn't want to put it any higher than the ones that were really giallo yeah Yeah, I put it at six so I put it pretty low but I kind of thought the same thing where it's it's a great movie to just sit back and watch and have fun with but kind of just kept falling as I was making the list because it was it didn't have that that huge giallo influence um, that the other films do, though one I have really high up probably is arguable in that factor as well. Now, the next four, 
This is where it gets weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a tie for third, <clears throat> and that tie is strange colors of your body's tears and strange vice of Miss Ward. Wow, that's Isn't crazy. That strange. It's very strange. <laughs> you almost say it's bizarre. <laughs> it's very. It's bizarre, all right. And That's what's cool. even weirder is that we have a tie for first. Lieutenant mm. Brain Deep Red. Yeah, that sounds about right. We've never had. I don't think we've even had one tie before. I don't think so, yeah. And this time we had two. Wow. That makes sense to me because I struggled between. Deep Red and Tenebrae at one and two. Like, I went back and forth constantly. So. I actually had Deep Red at number six. So <laughs> that makes sense. Whole fucking thing up. So, <laughs> so yeah. for the listeners out there, we would love Is to Is that really true or are you joking? No, I'm serious. Oh, okay. I had um, Strange Vice, Tenebrae, Pieces, Strange Color, Scorpion's Tail, then Deep Red. Oh, I had daughter, daughters even further down than I thought. Anyhow, so for the listeners, if you guys would like to send us your top ten of the last ten, we'll do the same shoddy math that I used to make this list happen, and we'll <laughs> tell you that on the next episode. <laughs> Yay! Yeehaw! Hooray for shoddy math. Alright, so, this 50th celebration is going exactly how I thought it would. It's swimmingly. Chris is drunk. <laughs> Chris is drunk. Chris is going Okay, so the, <clears throat> the next little thing we wanted to talk about here was um, we've done 50 films. and Well, we've done 49 and we're going to do 50 in a couple seconds here. Um, Just hold on, people. Hold on. <laughs> But I wanted to know from us, your humble hosts, which were our, let's say, top five favorites of the last 50, of the last two years or however long it's been, this train's been running from the station, which ones are our favorite? Is there anything shocking that even surprised you? <laughs> um, I would say that my I had one at the top at the very top for the very longest time. In my list, I actually color code by ten to keep track of you know when we did the films. So my top five actually is pretty colorful, but the top one was the same as it had been for forty-eight episodes. Mm. In the past today. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it, my number one. Or are we doing it five to one? Yeah, why don't you give us, uh, like, you know, leave us with some anticipation. Start with five. Okay. So my number five um, is also a very old old one uh, that we did, we did quite a while ago. And it is uh, What Have You Done to Solange. Mm. Um, that one really impressed me a long time, long time ago. I haven't watched it since we did that episode. Um, 
so there's not a lot I could probably talk about in depth, but just the, the overall atmosphere and mood that I still carry with myself to this day from watching that movie. Um, it uh, really sticks out. So I'm really excited that Arrow Video is putting out a, a, a decent copy of it because I was on my hands and knees begging Chris for his DVD at one point. <laughs> and I think like a week later they announced it. So the value of it went down quite a bit. Shove it, Chris. <laughs> I was going to um, feed my kids college fund with that. Yeah. If you really think I had that kind of money? <laughs> I would have found it somehow. Well, um, my number five... Is that how we're doing it? Well, I guess. I don't know. Do you want to go? No, I I think going round robin is a cool idea. No, you don't. (laughs) I do! Because Creep can go... I mean, Eric can go, then Creep can go, and then the real answer will come with me. Oh, my gosh. Two sips in. And Two sips and I'm all aggressive. I had a cup of coffee before I started sipping it, so I'm an awake drunk. Oh, wow. Well, old times. I'm sure most people who listen to the show probably can guess what my top three are if they tried. Um, so the top five was kind of strange, and it was getting to the point where it was very obvious even what my four and five would be. And so I thought long and hard about my number five, and I wanted to pick one that I hadn't seen before the show, because all the other ones that I had picked were ones that had been my favorites for a while, and we did the show anyway, kind of thing or whatever. So I'm going out on a limb here, and... I'm going to say Sister of Ursula. <laughs> it was so entertaining. It's just like, I seriously like had no idea that that would be so entertaining. <laughs> and, um, it's just great. It has everything you want in it. Everything? Everything. <laughs> Much of a big wooden Santa that looks like a Peter. So it's just, it's great. I mean, I'm talking, I skipped over Blood and Black Lace for this. Like, the movies I skipped over for Sister of Ursula, astronomical. Couldn't believe that myself. (laughs) You either gained a ton of street cred or lost all of it. Yep. And that's okay. So. I uh, I personally admire Creep for sticking to his guns because mm-hmm. um, we we've, we all have basically gotten to the point now where we understand that there are certain aspects of Giallo that Creep prefers over others. Don't and just say Creep. There's lots of people out there who prefer other stuff than others. There's a minority. We'll say that. <laughs> and um, I would like to say that you know I appreciate the fact that he sticks to his his principles uh, when it comes to dude. That's the uh, that looks like the blood and black lace thing. Oh, um, and and you know as we continue up this ladder of five, um, Eric's are going to be well thought out. 
<laughs> Mine are going to be typical of the typical, stereotypical Jalo fan. And creeps are going to be the ones that have the most tits and ass, as Not well true. as... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're they, they, they have a certain amount of trashy... There's a certain amount of trashiness that, that once, you, once you obtain the level of trashiness that is required to make the top five on Creeps list, um, you know, you know you're there. So, we'll see. You know it. Is it my turn? No, so what's your five, Mr. God of All? <laughs> uh, ironically enough, um, well, let me preface this by saying that um, I, too, wanted to have a top five that included a film that I had never seen before we did the podcast, and sadly, I could not come to terms with that. I could not bring myself to bump any of my favorites down below number five in order to wedge one in. So, um, and I wrestle with my top five uh, on a regular basis, and uh, my, my current top five is different than what it was, say, a, a month ago. Um, but at any rate, my fifth film is the fifth chord. Ta -da. Mm. I, I've seen that's been getting some love on the Facebook group lately. Yeah. So there's I a love the chord. There's there's it sometimes Jalo films um, resonate with me because a combination of things work together synergistically to to really kind of make a memorable experience. And I know that you guys didn't really think that the fifth chord was very memorable, and that's totally understandable because it does move at a slow pace. But I think that the combination of the music and the cinematography and the portrayal of Andrea Build, I think his name was, by... Um, Franco Nero. Franco Nero. Um, it just makes the film so memorable for me, and I like to watch it. Um, I like to watch it. It's, it's. Um, I don't know about you guys, but there are certain films that you can just kind of jump into. It doesn't matter whether you started from the beginning or whether you jump in through at the middle. Uh, that's one of those films that I can just kind of grab the slider, drop it wherever, and just start watching it. It's such a beautiful film. It just, you know, it visually so gorgeous um, and you know there's lots of really hot girls in it too and um, I like the story too I thought it was uh, I thought it was really interesting to try and follow along what was going on and the little twist at the end um, which you know it's like it was very very reminiscent of bird like okay well we saw this scene at the beginning well of course this is this is just about every giallo right we saw this scene at the beginning and it gave us a certain perspective of what was going on but really when we get to the end the explanation is that it's the reverse of what we thought or it's the you know it's a different take on what you know we we took for granted what was going on in this particular scene and we, and 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 it's not the case. And so I won't do any more than that because I don't want to spoil the film. We, we covered the fifth chord a long time ago. So for people who haven't seen it, um, 
just know that it does have a, a good a mystery to it. Shot movie for sure. Yep. It's like shot probably one of the best out of the ones we've done for sure. Eric, number quattro. Yeah, I was just thinking about the fifth chord because I remember. I think that's that's the one that I had an unfinished cut of or something. Yeah, yeah I remember being really invested <laughs> in it. And towards the end, there was like this thrilling chase, and then I just got blue balled on it. And yeah, and and I think that Franco Nero dubbed his own um, English, but I'm not sure about that. So it's probably worth it to to seek out an English dub yeah. version because you get his voice. Yeah, I got like a three pack that has it in there now, so I'm gonna definitely check that out again. Oh yeah, no chance. But um, the number four, and this was in our recent top ten. Um, and it's one of the ones that started with the word strange, but it's going to be the more unconventional one. It's going to be strange color of your body's tears. Um, probably wouldn't show up on a lot of people's lists, especially for Giallo films, but it just kind of blew me away. Uh, I was I had very, very low expectations for it because I know a lot of people just wondered what the hell was going on. Uh, they didn't like it. They didn't like how kind of avant-garde experimental it was with what it was doing and I'm sure if anyone had only seen a couple Jolly films or none at all and they watched this they would have just turned it off 10 minutes in but there was just enough to like keep me invested in and wanting to know more about what was going on and it, was, it just felt like like what I think film should be and it's very engaging and kept you you know feeling like you were part of the film trying to figure it out so I, I really was kind of blown away by it, but um, I know there's a lot of it's a very polarizing film, so I know I'm not going to win over many people with it, but I just yeah, I really liked it, and it'll probably change it'll probably fall off eventually, but yeah, it's no, it's in my mind. it's a good film, and not only that but I think that um, it grows on you yeah. Um, yeah. and more viewings make uh, take some of the confusion away uh, and, and, you know, if you really are strapped for uh, trying to interpret the film, check out our podcast where we covered it in great detail. Yeah. I think it was a very enlightening experience. Yeah, um, I like that. Creep had a very it. some good insights to, to kind of simplify what was going on. Yeah. But, I yeah, I, I think that's a good pick be, for number four simply because... Um, you know, like we said, you know, Creep's going to go the route of, you know, the way that he prefers. You know nothing film. about my route. And <laughs> and I'm typically going to go with the, the classic traditional. And it's, it's hard to take a film from 2014 and put it in the top five from movies that were typically, you know, released in the early 70s. Um, but, yeah, I think if you were going to do, what, what do they call that, like a special... Honorable mention. I think that's an honorable mention for me, just because that it's was, so. That was the best movie I saw this year, for sure. Hmm. It, it, yeah, and that's another reason why it's on my list because of the. It was one of my favorite discussions that we had on the show. I think because, and I think I would suggest if you are going to watch this movie or if you already have, um, you know, find other people that have watched it and get into a discussion or talk about it and try to bounce things off the wall because it's a film that really cause a lot of discussion in, in trying to interpret things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people who don't like to have their their film experience open-ended. Um, they want a little bit more, you know, 
linear and explain you know things explained to them and this is definitely not that film it's it's open to lots of interpretation it's yeah. very lynchian if that's the right word yeah all right creep well my number four is one that should be higher probably on your guys's list but this is going to be number four on mine um it has Hot girls, great locations, great music, great acting, great fashion, and a great, great sub characters like co-stars. Cannonball and a great, <laughs> and a great title. Cannonball Run Part Two. Black Billy of the Tarantula. <laughs> yep. Damn it! Why did I call him a cannonball? I knew it was a catapult. Freudian slip. Don't forget the catapult. Yeah, I can't comment yeah. on this because I have um, I have made an effort to resolve to watch this film again and really be open-minded about it because I didn't like it the first couple times I've watched it, and I haven't had the opportunity yet. I know that a lot of people like it a lot, and so um, I'm going to um, suspend judgment um, because I think originally when you guys talked about the film I was pretty harsh on it and um, saying that uh, it was too much of a Poliziotesco type film and really that was so um, un an uneducated interpretation of what it is because now that I understand what Poliziotesco is um, Black Belly of the Tarantula is very much a Giallo film it's not just because the guy who's trying to solve the, the the murder is working for the police doesn't make it a Policio Tesco. So, um, but this is what comes when you mature and when you spend time with Creep and Eric mm -hmm. over the last uh, 18 months or so, discussing these films and getting other uh, other people's opinions on it. So, this movie is tasty as the eggs that his wife is cooking in the oven. Is just amazing stuff, and it's got the dumbest wife in the world. Like, I just want to go to bed. Where's our furniture? Oh, I sold it. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, I did something wrong, didn't I? Shit. It's just, it's great. It's got so much amazing stuff in it. That is that the film to... where there's the chase scene up the spiral steps and back down again? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, That's the, the one thing I remember yeah. about it. <laughs> and the big bubble spa that they... It's that got a... I love the killer in it. It's got, like, what, like three or four Bond girls in it? Yeah. It's like... I mean, it's got everything. Yeah, I think... I was doing a, I was doing a little thing a while back. I was going to call it the Jello Redemption Tour and just watch a bunch of Jolly films that I was very unfair on and very critical of. And I think this was the only one that kind of doubled its rating for me um i only watched like two or three films and then i i don't know what happened but this is the only one that really um redeemed itself i think fairly because it had you know so many great images that i just kind of cast off because i was trying to pay attention to a story and i just should have should have just you know fallen into it like a, a comfortable uh pillow of women yeah. <laughs> because yeah, like so, you said, the set design before, um, 
just those odd phones that they had the uh, the staircase oh. chase um, and then yeah it was just so many great moments that you just kind of have to wrap yourself up in it enjoy it and you watched uh, Slaughter Hotel on that tour didn't you it did, yeah, that, that went from <laughs> one star to half a star it, it didn't was, redeem itself at all <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie oh my god that's, that's a guilty pleasure for sure so, and here's Chris's number four. My Slaughter number four. Hotel. Yeah, right? <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be funny. Now, my number four is uh, Solange. So, um, I know we talked about it already because uh, Eric brought it up. Um, but it, it's, it's such a great film when you're trying to tell somebody what is a giallo all about. And give somebody that film because um, it's got <clears throat> the only the only thing about it that doesn't put it really at this at the complete top number one is that it's in England. Um, not to kind of disparage our folks who live in the UK, but um, the films that are filmed in um, Spain and in Italy just have a different kind of a look to them. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you've got hot girls you've got young girls you've got this social commentary of this context of um you know to make the film a little bit serious but at the same time it's so super trashy you know uh you know a, a stabbing dagger in the vagina i mean that's like you know it's sister of ursula but you know serious sister of ursula um and um what's his name the guy who plays uh the, the lead yeah he's really good and uh Ennio Morricone's soundtrack is fantastic. The story is really well done, and um, it's a non-Argento, non-Sergio uh, Martino giallo, that, and, and non-Fulci really. That really uh, kind of rises to the top. I really like it a lot. It's yeah, I, I will. I will be. I mean, I did have it in mind as well, but I will say that if there was one thing to be critical on, is that it, it does feel a little heavy-handed with the the message. And basically because he puts a huge block of text before this movie end, as well as uh, daughters about, you know, girls going missing, nobody really paying attention or caring what's going on, what's happening to these girls. And so I could see how that might be kind of a turnoff for people, how this is just so yeah, hitting you over the head with it. But um, it's just, yeah, it's well done enough that you can kind of forgive it for that. And it has Camille Keaton in it. So, yeah, there you go. Everyone who happy. I had no idea who that was until this podcast. So, if I've learned anything, I learned that Camille Keaton was in Solange and she was in I Spit on Your Grave, and there was another Jalo she was in. She was in the background in, um, fuck, what was that? Where he goes no, that... to the guy's art house. Oh, what fucking movie was that? Seven Blood Sand Orchids. Boom. Boom. All right. That's probably not what you were talking about. But um, no, I, I, I remember that she cropped up as a as a background um, actor in one of the other films that we covered. I just didn't remember what it was. So is, is she in um, Don't Mess with My Sister or whatever that's called? What have you done to What have you done with my sister and my father-in-law? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> okay, Eric. What's number your three. number trace? Number three, I'm going to stay 
rural, the rural landscape, which is oh, I know. everything against the, what giallo film should be. But this is kind of, if we were to have wheelhouses, as Chris has tried to been pegging us with, not in the sense that most people would think. <laughs> I haven't been trying to peg anyone, not since I opened this beer, but maybe it'll all change. Um, I, I would say that my favorite movies tend to kind of take place you know, outside of the city landscape, as much as I love it. Um, my favorite one of these, though, is The House with the Laughing Windows, or with Laughing Windows. I don't know if it has the in it, but um, if you're going to search for it on IMDb or something. But I just thought that this film was... It was one of the first ones, I think, that we did that was kind of out of the norm, um, other than maybe Solange, and it just really struck me as odd, and I was really invested in it. Uh, you know, the house itself, with the laughing windows, you know, it just stuck out to me. And then what was going on inside of that house stuck out even more, and it was just, uh, just a very creepy, um, icky, weird movie to watch. Good mystery, I think. The house of the laughing windows, according to IMDb. Oh, jeez. But that's probably because that's how they translate it from Italian directly. Yeah. Yeah, interesting pick. That a lot of people love that film. I like it. Um, I think it's completely overrated. I'm overrating it right now with the number three pick. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> My list. List. These lists are so hard, man. Because you know you watch these films and you're in a particular mood when you watch them. And, you know, you can't really get the context of the film because maybe, you know, if you had watched it in a theater or if you had watched it with a group of people, you might think differently. Um, so it's hard. It's really hard. Because there's it so is. many of them. There's so many <clears throat> films. I had to actually, within the last ten minutes, switch my two and three. <laughs> so, um, well, let's hear it. This is going to be a big shocker for you guys, mm. but my number three... It's going to be an Argento film. That's, that's the shocker. Come on. No. <laughs> that's, that's when you put your pinky in the... Never mind. Um, <laughs> this movie has fashion. It has blood. It has drama. It has horrible pickup lines. It has oh, boy. dolls. It has motorcycles. Cut off boobs. dolls. Yeah. I this know what movie is, and it opens up in the crotch of a woman. Oh. With her okay. feet up in stirrups. This is your number three? Strip dude <laughs> for your killer. You're kidding yeah. me. No, I, it was my number two a minute ago, and then I just decided to change it. All right, well, I, I know what one of the one or two are, but I don't know what the other one is. Interesting. Yeah. It's such a fun movie. It was one of my first into the genre, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, stop what you're doing. <laughs> and, it gets drama, his... and the kids are out of the room. <laughs> it gets a lot of points. Last line at the yeah. end. I mean, whenever you can refer to Edwidge and anal sex in the same sentence, you've got yourself a winner for sure. Oh, so much good. But it's don't like forget that that every... film 
horrible Gosh. stereotype you could possibly imagine. That film it's features not only does it feature the giant guy in his in his tidy whities um, but also cases and cases of J&B bottles, not just one, but they must they have Yeah, they must have really um, had a, a good relationship with whoever distributes that liqueur or scotch. It's not a liqueur. Jerry and um, Bob. Yeah. Right? That's what Is it Jerry and Bob? Yeah. Because um, they, had, they had signs plastered everywhere. And... There's like the greatest pair of men's underwear slash bathing suit in it. <laughs> um, great pickup lines again. So we did uh, that one pretty early on, right? Yeah. The funny thing is, like, three of the movies in my... No, actually, four of the movies in my top five were in the first 11 movies we yeah, did. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, really blew my man. load. Did you pick all the movies? No. In the beginning? Oh, okay. No. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, because... I know it was early on because I remember... And I was discussing with my wife what a Giallo movie was and what this podcast was about. Um, I'm like, well, why don't you come take a look at this one I'm watching right now? It's called Strip Nude for Your Killer. And it was the scene <laughs> of the large, bulbous man in his whitey tighties. Oh my god. <laughs> this is what you talk about for two hours every night? Well, how can you find that much time to talk about a movie like this? Yeah. How are you both? That is no, that, classic cinema. No, 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 no. That's that's my wife talking as well as Eric's wife. Yeah, talking. I heard a suitcase zipping up in the bedroom about five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your number three? My Just number so you three. Know real quick, um, Sanders Keels said a couple things. And I'm going to talk about one of them after we're done with this. Okay, oh, because I'm not seeing any of the activity. He likes he likes the. Um, mixing in alcohol in the shows. And he thinks we need to do that more. Because we are in <laughs> rare form tonight. I Well, who's saying. drinking besides me? Are you drinking? Mm. Yeah, I, He's I drinking don't have 10%. Mine's only four and a half. But oh, okay. Well, whatever. I'm, 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 that's kind of that's 10, right? Almost. And I have a Starbucks coffee in a coffee cup. I remember, I remember in, the, in the old days, you used to drink the coffee. Yeah. And, like, the cappuccino and the scotch at the same time. <laughs> I know. I'm out of scotch. I keep forgetting to get some. It's like... I need and then there was bottle. there was that one episode where you're like, guys, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't even... I can't see straight. I'm just I'm losing my shit right now. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, you've had, like... There was one episode I got fucking hammered, and I couldn't <laughs> believe how fast I got... <laughs> And I was getting dizzy and all sorts of shit. Did I was you have having a bunch of cream time. all over your ass or something too. Yeah, I, I, I opened my eyes and my pants were down and my wrists were duct taped to my ankles. <laughs> it was just awful. <clears throat> I don't know what happened there. Yeah, that was before we did so, video though, so we didn't get to. Yeah. It. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. The sound effects. Yeah. All right, so my number three uh, is Argento's Tenebrae, um, and I've struggled with the top three of my favorite Giallo, Jolly, for quite a while. Um, currently, Tenebrae is number three. It it was number one about two weeks ago, 
and I think that's when we covered it, or maybe maybe about a month ago. Um, the only reason why it's not in the top one or two is simply because, as a purist, I don't consider it to be the ultimate Jalo simply because it takes place in a time period that's not the authentic Jalo time period. And that's really all I have to say. It, it's a fantastic movie. It's almost freaking perfect. It's one of the best Jalo ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but there's something about the fact that it's got this futuristic feel to it. The fashion is different. I don't. I don't want to say it's bad compared to '70s Jalo because it's just different. Um, it's a really fantastic film, um, but it just doesn't. It doesn't embody that feeling of, you know, that that uh, case of the bloody iris kind of feel, which isn't in my top five at all. Um, but <laughs> um, and it just it just doesn't have that it doesn't have that giallo thing going for it. So, um, but I love it. It's a great film, Tenebrae, uh, and, and Tenebrae is is one of those films that. Um, is easy to recommend to the uninitiated um, if they're interested yeah. in Jalo or if you're interested in kind of getting them into watching Jalo. Like when the opportunity for my wife and I to sit down and watch a Jalo film has happened a few times, and I've always thought that Tenebrae was going to be the one. Um, it hasn't happened yet because either. The schedules have changed or you know I typically don't even start a film for the two of us to watch if I know that she's already too tired to make it through the full film so I just just uh, wait until there's an opportunity but I think Tenebrae is the one where you can really get people to um, pay attention because it moves fast it's pretty accessible from a from an American culture standpoint because the main character is from the US and um, but you know we've talked about it at length if you go back a couple of podcasts you'll you hear all about Tenebrae but uh, uh, it's one of my favorites for sure yep yeah, I think I remember we watched this I mean we, we had seen opera a while back but it was pretty um, relatively close together and I was I remember being kind of let down or I didn't really like opera all that much, so I was kind of not expect. I mean, I was expecting a little bit more from Tenebrae just because of the praise it's gotten from other people. Um, but after seeing what had been done in opera, um, I wasn't expecting too much. And I ended up really enjoying Tenebrae. Uh, I really liked a lot of the shots that they had in it, and I thought um, it was a good, good opportunity for Argento to explore Jello in the '80s when we had done a couple other Jello films from the '80s that I know didn't get a lot of love, but I, I kind of like like some of those films a little bit, like uh, Stage Fright and even Blade in the Dark is kind of fun. But yeah, yeah. it's probably the yeah. end of the crop when it comes to the 80s. And Blade in the Dark is really it's so similar to Tenebrae, um, and, and it's because of all of that association with um, Lamberto Bava, who worked on Tenebrae and then put this film out right after, and Stage Fright came out after Tenebrae, and Michael uh, Michel Suave worked on Tenebrae. So it's like, you know, all of this kind of keep it in the family kind of stuff happening, um, and they all look very similar. And and, uh, and I think 
I think Gerardo's Rico Suave came out eight years after. <laughs> For anyone who was curious, I eat them raw like sushi. So when did uh, oh, Taco Grande come God. out from We Well? You know I know one of the words from that. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Taco. I apologize for bringing that up, guys. Sorry. Grande. <laughs> was that the Weird Al version? Oh, yeah. There's always oh, a Weird Al yeah. version. Do <laughs> our international listeners know anything about Weird Al Yankovic? That's, a, that's the real question. Yeah, but I don't know how much they're going to know about Gerardo. <laughs> oh, God, I'm, I'm so glad they don't. That's, that's the best part. Anyway. Oh, okay, so Eric, you're number two. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm number two. <laughs> Do you really want to see my number two here on the video? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've been battling with this because I kind of put out a disclaimer at the beginning. And now I'm wondering if I should stick to my guns or not. Um, you know what? The one I've had at the top has been up there so long, I can't. I can't bury it. I'm going to keep that up there. I'm going to switch my two and my one. Uh, my two is going to be Deep Red from what I called back in the olden days Dario Argento. And yeah, some, this one has sentimental quality for me, being one of the first ones I ever saw. It also is just, um, for being as long as it is, it's, you know, you, you don't lose your attention yes. while watching it because it, it's got a good mystery involved. And it's, for the most part, doesn't seem to stray, you know, in too many weird directions or have... I'm sure there's some plot holes we'll find once we start talking about it, but um, I thought it was pretty, well, cohe pretty cohesive for a Argento movie. Yeah, we still have a whole show to do. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just gave away what I thought about it. The women in Argento movies are very mannish. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing so. to talk about when it comes to women. There is not. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I don't think I have. I've had an Edwidge movie yet, which is maybe I should just pack my bags right now. But it's a uh, yeah. If you're looking for babes in your jolly movies, um, it's totally understandable. Not going to be in this one though. Yeah, my number two is one that Chris already said. And this was my number three until a few minutes ago. But it's Case of the Bloody Iris. Oh, yeah. And I the reason why it moved to number two is because I like Edwidge's hair better in this movie than in She <laughs> <Actually laughs> looks fantastic she, in this, this film. This is like, if you are a fan of her, or you have no idea who Edwidge is, and you hear us talk about her all the time, this is the movie of her Jowie. Maybe Top Sensation will change my mind, but um, that's for another day. But what she looks so delicious in this movie. <laughs> and the other actress in it, the redheaded chick, is ridiculous. George Hilton's in it. It's kind of like an orangey, brassy thing. What? And it's kind of curly. One of the greatest things about Edwidge in this particular film is the scene where she's posing with the motorcycle with the body paint. 
and you're like, wow, she looks incredibly hot, except for the fact that I would prefer her with long hair. And it turns out that she's just wearing a wig, and the next scene, she's got the long hair. And the next scene is the photo shoot where she's got that purple see-through nightgown, and she's doing all the poses on the mattress. And, uh, yeah, forget it, man. Forget it. With the greatest photographer in the world. (laughs) Ow, give it to me. Give it to me. Come on. Give it to me. Come on, baby. Come on. Oh, it's just like everything. And I keep saying this, but this movie has everything that makes someone like me like these types of movies. So Yeah, it's really um, good. I can't say about if if I had to make a top five of trashy jolly, um that's number one. That's my number one. It 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 definitely comes up on the top of, of uh of everything. Your oh, there he is. No, he's there. All right, so what's your number two saying you're making fun of me a lot? My number two is the same as Eric. It's Deep Red. And um, I wrestled with that um, for a long time. If you go to my website, jalloscore.com, uh, you'll see that that has the highest score, and it's no, not a coincidence because it's my favorite Jalo. Um, but it's not, as of today, it is not my favorite Jalo. Um, it's number two, and we'll talk about Deep Red at a great length in the next uh, hour or so. So I won't say any more than that. Yes. But uh, Deep Red uh, has long been one of my favorite films. So be- way before this podcast even. Yeah, way before I even knew what Jolly or Jalo was, Deep Red was one of my favorites. Before films. we were a gleam in our parents' eye. Well, I I was Eric. How old is Chris? I was technically born when the film came out. I was two years old. So Chris was alive during the Revolutionary War. So. <laughs> Which revolution? The sexual revolution. Mm. Uh, so, what's your number one, sir? All right, number one. Last year enough. I think I know what it is. I'm not going to say. Well, I don't know what yours is anymore. I know what Creeps top three was. But... You guys are all jerks. <laughs> I wear my heart on my. You guys probably know mine is. It's the second episode we ever did. Oh, I was wrong. Okay. Forty-eight or forty-nine episodes ago, torso. Mm. Yay! Um, this, yeah, it does. I mean, it does have beautiful women in it. Uh, I, I think I was enamored by Susie Kendall when most people weren't for some reason, but I really like her in this one, and I like the other girls that are in it. Um, the girl who was in Mrs. Ward, or Miss Ward, is really good in this one, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. We um, talked about her last episode, right? Yeah. I, I think that the music, it's kind of repetitive, but it's really I really dug the music in this one a lot, especially during the stalking sequences. And the killer is just so... Um, he's kind of plain-looking for for what you might expect from like a slasher-type movie. He doesn't have like an elaborate mask, but it's just menacing enough. And you wouldn't get that... You know, usually they're wearing like a fedora or some kind of fancy hat in a giallo movie, but here he's just wearing a ski mask. But he's still got the gloves. 
So I, I just like that hybrid mixture of, you know, my love of slasher movies from being a young kid to first getting into Giallo movies. Um, it's, it's a very good entry point for someone who wants to kind of see the roots of it, of this, of slasher. Yeah, that movie nearly made my list. But Sister Versla wouldn't be <laughs> missed it out. <laughs> and so oh did um, so, many so good did uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Death Walks and High Heels almost made my list. Uh-huh. Uh, but but no butthole face today, guys. Today, my number one film goes bump bump bump. <laughs> Yeah, it's eyeball, and it's bizarre. That no, it's eyeball. Yeah, I thought you picked eyeball. Yes, that a movie <laughs> would be number one for me that comes from the land of the Barcelona, but um, it is, and it's just like. I find myself watching that movie all the goddamn time, and like on voluntarily, it's just like I'll, I'll just put it on and yeah. I'll just like do other stuff, exactly. and then I'll hear that guy'll never get a vote for me. Dang it! And like just little <laughs> stupid lines like that, and I start cracking up. And um, oh, it's just it's such a good movie. It has like. A ridiculous killer, a ridiculous reveal of the killer. It has, um, oh, what's our dude's name that was in like every movie? The priest guy. George, George Rajard. George Rajard. I love him. And it's just like, there's great outfits, great glasses, great hair, great ponchos. Oh, dude, the ponchos. And then like the creepy bus driver, like, red herrings up the gazoot it's just like it's so much fun dude it is like seriously one of the funnest movies I've ever seen there I did it you did, did it, it. Congrats. number one and that you guys movie, all knew what they were gonna and that movie deserves a proper DVD slash blu-ray release That's it really, really does because I have a crappy copy and I don't think I've been able to find a better copy than the one I I've have. never and, seen a copy of that. It's all like burnt orange looking. Yeah, it's it's awful. Like, I don't I think want them I to clean like it up a lot more. But if it was cleaned up a little bit. I, I yeah. really don't like it when they do these Blu-ray touch-ups and the movie looks like it's fucking borderline 3D and it just like yeah. loses all of its feel. But So Chris... Creep, are you going to do the? Are you going to write an essay or do commentary if they release it on DVD? Fuck yeah, dude! You better I'll do it in the all over the all over the back <laughs> of it. It'll be awesome. Oh, <laughs> well, look, I didn't I didn't purposely plan to be the last person to reveal the number one. Um, it just happened that way. And since we're talking about um, films that look better. Uh, with restoration versus films that don't. Uh, this film uh, has never looked better than it does now on Blu-ray, and it is my number one. It is my number <laughs> my number one pick, 
And it is, uh, once again, Argento. Yes, I am Argento fan at heart. Uh, it's the bird oh. with the crystal plumage. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And um, the reason why I've put this at number one instead of Deep Red is simply because it embodies everything about the genre. Um, it is really kind of the springboard. It is the original... Um, not the original. It, it's not really the. It's not really the original. I mean, we could say that you know Mario Bava came in. It's funny that n there's no Lucio Fulci's on this list for any of us. There's no Mario oh, Bava's on this list for any of us. I thought that Eric was going to mention "Don't Torture a Duckling" at some point, um, but he didn't, which is fine. Um, it's a great yeah, film. But, um, I thought I was going to mention Five Dolls for an August Moon, and I didn't. Yeah. Yep, and, but but Bird and you know I started with my top f five with the fifth chord and ironically or maybe not ironically, um, Bird was uh, the cinematography was done by the same guy who did uh, fifth chord Vittorio Storazzo, who um, won an Oscar for something I can't even remember what it was, it was for. Apocalypse Now, was it? Okay, I think it was. So that film, I mean, you know, you've got. The amazing, you know, camera, uh, you know, uh, the amazing visual art of this cinematographer matched with Ennio Morricone, who is, as far as I'm concerned, probably the best um, composer of Giallo soundtracks, uh, or maybe maybe the best film composer ever, whoever lived. Mark. Um, and you have Argento, who, you know, you... Every time you watch an Argento film, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but every time, and we'll, when we get to Deep Red, this will come up again. Every time I watch an Argento film, I notice something else. He seems to be able to frame scenes in a way that there's three or four things happening at the same time, and you're really supposed to be directed to what's happening in the main active area of the frame, but if you have seen that part and the next time you watch the film you decide to look over to the left or look over to the right or what have you you'll notice something that you didn't notice before um, Argento is really good at developing characters that um, garner some sympathy um, that you can really kind of connect with um, and he's done that in, in most of his films uh, and, and in Bird we have this fantastic um, you know, it, it, again, it, it's the it's the this has never really been done before kind of thing, which I really connect to. It's like, you know, all of, there's a, there's a lot of films that you know took what Argento did with Bird and expanded on it, made it better, made it, it changed it around. But for the most part, it's like let's take this as an archetype. Um, you have that scene with the killer, and is it the killer or is it not the killer? And you know, we've. You guys talked about Bird before I was part of the um, before I was part of the podcast cast, um, so I really didn't get a chance to talk about it um, with you guys too much. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I really have have recently had a hard time with finding a better film when it comes to the this particular genre. So it's a really good movie. And I've had a love-hate relationship with it. <laughs> but the more you watch it, the more you realize 
how flawed the plot is. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my only um and I judge but the Argento plot is harder flawed than anybody in, and in all of these films. <sighs> but Argento is You're holding him to a higher standard according. Yeah, right. yeah because everyone freaking is bobbing on his knob like it's fucking going out of style and shit. Yeah, but I mean, so any, just... any commentary that you read about Argento, the very first thing they'll say is that he's not really known for his scripts. He's not really known for his linear story storytelling. And since you he know, stopped working with that guy, he's not really known for his direction either. He's not known for anything anymore, unfortunately. Damn. I hope he's not Anybody listening. seen Dracula 3D? Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of no. hinted at it when I, you know, mentioned Deep Red. I said, you know, we could probably get into the, the story aspect of it and look at, you know, it was one of the first ones, or one of the only ones I think is it's decent in the story. But... He has this where he doesn't. He seems to kind of throw a story out the window, or it's more like how you would envision a story in your dream, where it's not linear, doesn't make sense. It makes sense at the time, but as soon as you wake up, you're like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I feel like that's a He's very bit. Well, that was awesome. I enjoyed that talk. It was it was 50 episodes in the making. Jeez. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so. I don't know if we're gonna if the audio feed will cut into two episodes for like a two parter or what, but um, I just want to end it with a question from Sanders. He says or asks, "Pieces wasn't a full Jalo, and I get not wanting to go down that path um, much, but for holiday sake, have you thought about doing Black Christmas?" Uh, to some degree, it has a lot of Jalo feel as well. <clears throat> I love that movie and would enjoy doing that at some point. But, well, yeah. it's interesting because I think that last year we had one more Jalo uh, to cover before the end of the year, and I said, why don't we do Black Christmas instead? And I think the consensus was, no, let's stick to what we'd planned. So that's an interesting thing. Um I guess at this point it's important to note that, you know, we're pretty much done for the year after this episode, so um, I don't know that we'll cover Black Christmas in 2015. And, All right. Yeah. yeah All right. Gonna, I mean, Happy Birthday to Me was covered. Um, that's kind of a fun little diversion for a slasher, and it's always fun to do little diversions now and then, and Perhaps that one will get picked up. The bat frenzy. We we've diverted. Oh yeah, we have to sometimes. Yeah. Right? yeah. 